Check, test, check, check, check. Welcome to the show. This is my show. Thanks for tuning in. Here it comes again. And here we are. I have Travis Montgomery in the studio today. Hello, Travis. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, this was kind of a last minute thing, so we're just going to jump right into it. Travis, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? I am 30 years old, and I guess you can say I'm a musician three quarters of the time. <laughs> okay. uh, but the primary thing I do is uh, I manage a shipping slash fulfillment company. Okay. And I do that in Utah. What's like a typical day in that realm? Most of it's sitting in front of a computer, um, but dealing with clients over Skype. Okay. And um, most of our clients are Amazon sellers. Mm-hmm. So they will send us orders and we ha- we're storing all of their inventory. And then I ship in whatever they tell me to, to yeah. Amazon. Is it pretty hectic over Christmas? During, yeah. Really, really <laughs> hectic. Yeah. Yeah, I was glad to get out of there for the holidays because like the couple weeks leading up to Christmas, you have everybody freaking out, wanting you to make them a priority. Right. It's like, man, I, it's literally me and two other people there. Yeah. So it's me trying to manage all these accounts, make sure all these people are happy, but at the same time, scramble around and try to not mess any orders up because Amazon's super stingy. If you mess up one little thing, they can just shut your entire company down. Really? Mm-hmm. They have that power, right? Very picky. <laughs> they even have the power to, um, you know, if they notice that your product is doing really well, mm-hmm. they will, they'll either block you off from selling a product or they'll make their own version and block you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do crazy stuff. Am- Amazon can be pretty ruthless. I guess that's how they make their, make their bucks. Bucks and trucks, since they have 50 million vehicles. Have you ever seen a line out on the highway or something? Like Mm-mm. after it's le- left a hub or something, uh-uh. it is crazy. Yeah, it's just as far as the eye can see down the road, it's just like white vans or you know the gray vans or whatever. Yeah, it's all leaving at the same time. It is. It's kind of. It's kind of gross. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. That's crazy. It's very robotic looking. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the future. Yeah, you know <laughs> what it's going to be just streamlined with. I'm wondering if they're actually going to do the whole drone delivery thing, or if oh, they've yeah. started that. Probably have, and I mean. I would imagine, or at least some trials. How would that work with like heavier stuff? It would have to be lightweight stuff. But also I was watching stuff on drones the other day. My stepdad got one for Christmas and we just started kind of looking into it. They have drones now that um, like firefighters can use. Really? And they can use them to rescue people. Just like pinpoint where where they are? No, like actually pick the people up. The (laughs) drone, like they are drones, but they're about as big as the room that we're in. Oh, holy moly. And they can shoot. They hold like tons of water on there too, so they can shoot water onto the fire and wow. fly around and stuff. That's cool. Um, but they also mentioned people are making drones now that give Amazon the ability to do that. Yeah. Like specifically so that they could hold packages and drop them off. I don't yeah. know if the, who knows if that's what they're used for yet, but companies have that in mind already. So yeah, like the toy little toy machines where you pick up stuff. Right. The claw. Like, a, like a claw grabber on the bottom of yeah. the drone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In case you uh, pick up or drop it off at the wrong place, which I just dealt with that the other day. Somebody dropped off. I think I told you that. Yeah. Dropped off the wrong package and Amazon basically just says, keep it. We'll send out another one to the other person. Yeah. 
seems so weird. We make so much money, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because, I, I mean, you think about it, it's it's basically not everyone's going to be honest if somebody gets a package at their door. Right. Either they're going to be lazy or they're just going to say, fuck it, open it up and keep yeah. it, you know? Yep. Yeah. I didn't want to do that at first, but they told me to keep it, so I did. I don't blame you. It's not exactly... It's still uh, weird, though. It's not exactly legal legal to be opening other people's Exactly, mail. yeah. I took screenshots of the conversation, everything, just to make yeah. sure I was covered, you know, because that was really weird. Yeah. It, it went through two different people to make sure that, okay, this is what you want me to do, because I told them to pick it up, and they said they would, and they didn't, so yeah. I gave them a yeah. chance. Well, you got some stuff that you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, uh, really weird. So you mentioned Utah. I know you're in, in town for the holidays. Yep. Uh, you still talking about moving down here at some point yeah i'd like to um because music isn't a primary source of income yet Mm -hmm. the main thing is me just trying to figure out try to get stuff sorted financially Mm -hmm. just because i'm in such a good position with my job and i've been there for geez almost eight years now wow something like that yeah um so we've been talking about no i'm at the point that i know how to run this business pretty much on my own Mm -hmm. so i've been talking about trying to move that to dallas with me expanding yeah, because my stepdad he has a he has warehousing space, okay. so there's a possibility that I could use half of it, nice. you know, or some of it at least. But it's not really simple moving a huge shipping company because there's a lot of money that goes into getting it started up. Like, not only do you have to have the space, but you have to get pallet racking, you have to have a forklift. There's like, oh yeah, tons of money that goes into starting the business. Yeah, and then um, making sure the clients are able to get their stuff here, or me picking up new clients or whatever. So it's there's a lot of like unknowns at the moment yeah so as far as your income goes i know music isn't a primary source of income but do you do guitar lessons and stuff too to make a little money or not so much every once in a while you know everybody's their own worst critic you know um but Mm -hmm. when it comes to teaching i have a hard time because i feel like i'm not giving people the value Mm -hmm. i don't know i i haven't taught much so i'm not super comfortable with it but anybody i've ever taught seems to be really happy and i give them guitar profiles and tabs afterwards of everything we've gone over and oh, yeah. even send them extra stuff that i think is really cool and they usually want another lesson so i guess i do a good enough job but in my head i'm like man did i give them the value for their money yeah i, would, uh, I was talking about that with bryce the other day when he was here i i'm self-taught in a lot of ways so i don't yeah. i don't want to teach someone the wrong way or ignore a you know, poor technique because I don't notice it because I'm just, you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I tell people first thing like, hey, I don't know theory. So I'm, I can't do theory lessons, but right. I can teach you technique. And that's usually why people want to do lessons with me is because they want me to, you know, fix their technique or whatever. Mm-hmm. So usually I'll tell them to play something, you know, that they've been working on recently or whatever. And then I'll just be like, hey, okay, I can visually see what you're doing wrong and try to help them fix that. And it's usually things that they don't even think about. Right. You know? That was a conversation we had too about vibrato. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned Wes, just that one thing, taking one lesson from him, asking him about vibrato. And he didn't have a specific thing that he did or worked on to improve or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have anything necessarily specific to suggest until he watched me play and pointed out that I'm using one finger a lot of times to bend. You know, and he said, man, use all your fingers, you right. know, just like grab it and yeah. give it hell basically. So it was more of a mindset for me. You know, I kind of, it's not like I was afraid to grab down on the string. I just, I didn't realize that I was doing that. Right. So just resting, you know, a couple more fingers down on the same string really made a huge difference. Yeah. And now I just, it feels completely different. Were you just you using know? your index finger before? Oh, just whatever. Oh, okay. Wherever, whatever note that I landed on with whatever, you know, finger, whether it be middle or ring finger or whatever. It was just, just one finger by itself trying to do all the work. And when I could 
bring in a couple more to help out. Yeah. So man, it it's crazy how long sometimes it takes people to work on that stuff and realize it. Like me, it took me forever. Yeah. And um, I started posting stuff online like before MySpace and Facebook or even if either of those things were a thing. So really all there was was like forums. Mm-hmm. And one of the main ones that I was on was the John Petrucci forums. And every mm-hmm. time I would post something, people were like, man, your technique is awesome, but your phrasing sucks. Like it's terrible. And at the time I didn't understand what phrasing was. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while until I like watched a Steve Vai video. And he was like, you got to think about phrasing as in how people talk. You know, how they phrase the things that they're saying. Right. That's what gives somebody their identity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you sound like a robot. Yeah. You know, if you're just playing the notes, that's not enough. Yeah. And it took me forever to realize that. And once I did it, just that's what opened up a bunch of things. And I finally understood how important vibrato was. Yeah. You have to focus on what you're actually doing, what you're trying to convey, you know, what, that's what, what emotion you're trying to put through in this instrument. Yeah. And like you said, if it's robotic, you might as well be playing a you know MIDI controller or something. I think that's a huge thing a lot of beginners don't pick up on because you see a lot of people on YouTube or Facebook or whatever and it almost sounds like guitar pro in a way or whatever or midi because they're not doing any phrasing whatsoever Mm -hmm. you know they're just playing the notes just hitting the notes no sliding in or out there's no vibrato and it's like it sounds so weird but when you're inexperienced and younger like that you don't pick up on it Mm -hmm. that was uh what i mentioned to bryce too about not not realizing not paying attention to vibrato Mm -hmm. like whatsoever it's just yeah i was trying to hit notes and yeah you know i would slide and hammer on and pull off and give stuff you know emotion but i didn't realize how important vibrato was until i realized that all the my favorite players had great vibrato yeah and you know if i hear uh just a random song from somebody i would associate good vibrato with that guy knows what he's doing yeah just for whatever reason in my head that just clicked to me definitely and i never realized that in my own playing that i, I never focused on it for the longest time yeah so i it was kind of it was weird. It was, I felt stupid, you know, for not having picked that up. Yeah. And well, obviously all these good players know how to handle the guitar and hold it and yeah. control the string. Yeah. And I'm not paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah. It's like how you give it a voice, you yeah. know, um, imagine Brandon Ellis without the v- vibrato. You yeah. Know? With it, with the elbow vibrato <laughs> yeah. was, was shaking the shit out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be very good at all. When did you start, uh, playing like actually playing, playing? So I, I started actually playing when I was about 13. Okay. I kind of picked it up a couple of times when I was younger. And um, I think my mom had this really old classical. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, At the time, I had no idea there was a difference between a classical or an acoustic. I always thought it was, yeah, it was an yeah. acoustic. And it had like a just a classical songbook in it. Mm-hmm. And it was all notation. Uh-huh. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, no. <laughs> you know, I was super young, but I saw that and I was trying to teach myself. And I did like band stuff in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I played clarinet, actually. And so I knew how to read music. Okay. And back then, like I wanted to learn so bad how to play and read music that I taught myself how to do that on the clarinet before the teacher actually taught the class. <laughs> I just figured it out okay. on my own. I was like, all right, I got this. Awesome. Um, so I know how to read music, but when it came to guitar, I was like, man, this is not the same yeah because there's so many octaves and notes in the same you know same note in different places and things like that so that was a complete turnoff to me and then i really really started when i was 13. my dad got me a squire strat and like a little fender practice amp from a pawn shop he's like all right here you go start playing and what really really got me started is my cousin literally had one of those how to play guitars for dummies books (laughs) (laughs) that's great 
Yeah, and I, I actually started playing because uh, my cousin played, and I thought it was really cool. And I was like, oh, I want to yeah. do that. So he let me borrow the book, and again, it started with notation. And I'm like, I want to deal with this. And then it finally got to the chapter for tablature. Mm-hmm. And once I like put two and two together, that like, oh, each fret has a number, yep. and it's telling you exactly what fingered, and that like that was opening Huge. the floodgates, you know. And then I went went online and found websites, and then I discovered Guitar Pro, and I just became obsessed. Yeah. You know, I wanted to learn everything. So that's when I really started playing. Did it affect your uh, schoolwork and stuff like that? Quite a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you get in trouble? I, I wouldn't say in trouble. I never necessarily uh, never necessarily failed classes because of it. Yeah. But it was I was usually just barely passing. And that's because, um, man, my schedule, I'd wake up, get ready for school, play guitar until I went to sc- had to go to school, <laughs> then come home. And then do homework like 75% of the time. Yeah. Other times I didn't really, I was just like, oh, I want to play guitar. And then I played until I went to bed. Did you have uh, musician friends in school? Yeah. Or is it like outside of school that you met some people in music? Um, Which would probably be different back then. You know, you'd have to meet somebody at like Guitar Center, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily, the school that I went to had, and one of the guys there, one of the seniors convinced the staff to do a guitar club nice yeah and i went to marcus high school in i guess flower mound Louisville mm-hmm. area so they started doing a, a guitar club when i was a sophomore and that was like once a week or once every other week mm-hmm. and i ended up meeting a friend of mine named eric and he was like the only other metal guy there you know and i was like super impressed with his playing and never really heard um like the style of stuff he was doing he was super into like uh dimu Borgir. Okay. And, you know, like death metal type stuff. Right. Um, and he actually showed me Opeth. That nice. was his favorite band. And he has like one, like their logo tattooed on his back and stuff. Yeah. Like he was obsessed with Opeth and um, he kind of opened my eyes to all that. But I met a lot of like me, my musician friends through that class. And then awesome. I got introduced to other people through those people. And yeah. So it was actually through school. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I met my best friend and first uh, bandmate in church. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Forever ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. We ended up, uh, it was like a Halloween party yeah. that that, we, that they had or like a event or something. And I remember somebody was playing Master of Puppets. Okay. And I had just only recently heard of Metallica. Mm-hmm. Like I got the Black Album yeah. handed to me by a cousin and I was really into it. But, you know, with no internet and stuff, I didn't really research past albums or I didn't, you know, I didn't dig into anything like that trying to find more music i just thought it was a cool album mm-hmm. you know and then i heard somebody blaring master puppets in that halloween event and i said man what is this who is this yeah you know i had no no clue because yeah i'm hearing black album metallica and then i hear this you know like thrashy awesome stuff too yeah it sounds similar but and then I and then uh, my buddy Brent was there. I think he's the one that told me. He's like, "It's Metallica. It's a, like an, an older album because he yeah. loved Metallica at the time." So that was that kind of opened the door to that a little more. And uh, yeah, so that's where I met him, and we kind of started. We realized both of us played guitar, and yeah, kind of got together at that point. I think we both asked each other to be each other's rhythm guitar player. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like we're both assuming that we're going to be the lead lead guitarist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. You want to be my rhythm guitar player? No, you're going to be my rhythm guitar player. So that's, that's how that started. That's funny. I have a similar Metallica story. Um, so before I was introduced to older Metallica, when I started playing, my 
knowledge of guitar playing was what I heard on the radio. Yeah, and at right. the time, it was like radio rock, you know, like or um, I guess new metal, alternative rock stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I liked Linkin Park, and then there was you know Green Day, and like all those types of bands yeah. that were really popular in the early two thousands. And then on the way from home from school, a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, I know you like guitar, so you, you need to listen to this." So he put on one, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, I was like, "Okay, this song is pretty cool." And then I got to the heavier you know ending part and i was like oh my god this is awesome and then the guitar solo came and i was like i didn't know you could do that it's like i didn't know it's like i did not know that was possible <laughs> yeah. and then i just be- you know i became obsessed with metallic like literally did became obsessed they're my favorite band for the longest time and i learned everything from kill em all literally every song all the way up to the black album yeah you know knew how to play it all and That's then awesome. You know, from there I learned about Satriani and Petrucci and Vi, mm-hmm. and from there it was just shred all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's kind of the same, pretty much the same uh, upbringing that I had musically and guitar-wise. You yeah, know, started out with Metallica as far as like metal goes, mm-hmm. you know, and then because uh, I was jamming on like Bush and Green Day and Nirvana right. and stuff like that, you know, just strumming some some power chords or whatever. Right. And I got handed a, a Megadeth CD okay. at some point. And I thought that they just were Metallica ripoffs. <laughs> I was just very, very naive, I guess. Yeah. And, and just kind of uh, like, well, Metallica's my favorite band. These guys aren't better than Metallica. Right. And I didn't really give it a chance. And I, I kind of hate myself for doing that because I didn't listen to them for the longest time. And I think that I would have probably eventually steered more towards uh, Marty Friedman's lead capabilities rather than Kirk. Yeah, and I could have probably been a little bit more obsessed with lead playing and, yeah. and style versus just being able to throw some th- some some lead notes over something and not really care. Right. Not that he didn't care, but you know, it it's it sounds repetitive. He does a lot of the pentatonic, just same stuff. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it, it it is what it is. I'm I'm so used to hearing it that I think, yep, that's Metallica. But I, man, I, the you know, Master Puppets is iconic it's like one of the every no anybody that likes metal will usually agree that it's one of the best metal albums of all time Mm -hmm. kirk's playing i to me peaked on that as far as writing goes but now now i listen back to it and i think the same thing i'm like man it's cool it's but it's lost that magic that it had to me when i was younger because now i know so much more about playing and Mm -hmm. i've learned so much more stuff but it's like I look back at it now and it's like, man, that's just it's all pentatonic. It's, yeah, it's just the same. It's stuff. the same stuff, but it, it had more style at least. It, it seemed did, like it had sure. more life to it. Now it's just it's just like autopilot. It sounds like the last yeah. you know several albums just box shapes, pentatonic I mean, stuff. Yeah, I mean, Black Album was I thought was great. There was a lot more feel and emotion to that. You mm-hmm. know, it still played the same kind of stuff, but it it that had a lot more emotion to me. It did for sure. You know, when, when people discredit the Black Album, that's where I. Have you listened to it? Do you know anything about music? I mean, it's there's so much there and so much that went into that that you would have to have some sort of respect, I think, for what went into the production on that. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've heard the uh, the uh, surround sound version. I haven't, no. That is so cool yeah. to hear all the little bitty things that are in there that you don't hear, probably don't hear normally, you know, in just a regular stereo I system. didn't even know they made one. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy Brent had that. He showed me that forever ago. That's I think cool. they did that with uh, Queen too. I um, I actually used to have a special edition of Ghost Reveries that was in five point one. Awesome. Yeah, I don't never got to listen to it. I really? never, I never had a surround sound <laughs> system until like literally a couple months ago. Oh wow! So like, I know I have it somewhere, but it's like buried where all my CDs are. I don't know where that. Yeah, is. man, I, I 
I think I still have a setup here. I used to have like three different surround sound setups, you know, one in the studio, one in the living room, one in the bedroom. Right. But um, that's a little excessive. Not necessary anymore. But yeah, that's, it's really cool to hear those little bits of ear candy, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's just like a little tiny vocal harmony or a weird sound that they put in there. Have you ever seen that making of DVD? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've watched that a million times. It's awesome. If you guys haven't seen that, you'd need to. It's year and a half in life or something like year, that. Yeah, year and a half uh, making of the Black Album or whatever. Yeah, the first half is the whole making of the album, and then the second half is like the whole touring cycle. Yeah. It's awesome. But um, I love how when they're doing the shotgun sounds in there yep, and yep, doing all yep. the little weird things, and I bet in the 5.1 mix you can hear a oh, lot yeah. of the all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was uh, God That Failed? Is that what it was? Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and seeing, what was it, Sad But True, where he had that nasty, just giant, yeah. <laughs> that's all he did. Yeah. It, was, it has been, it had to have been like a baritone or something. Yeah, but it's like shaking the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I haven't seen that in such a long time. But I, I recommended that to uh, my bandmates, you yeah. know, because like, some of them haven't seen it. Like, man, I feel like if you're going to be in a band, you have to see that. Yeah, you need it's to know. such a good movie. <laughs> Even like, though, like, it's not probably anything like what happens nowadays, you know, with, with no. production of something, but that's what went into that album is what I, you know. Right. And that, that's, I, I guess that's what I mean when I am just surprised when people say, yeah, that album sucks. That's a fucking terrible album. There's a reason it's still one of the best selling albums currently. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. always on rotation. And what was it? Wasn't it three out of four were divorced in that process? I, I think. think so. Yeah. <laughs> but they were the in, they were in the studio for over a year or something <laughs> yeah. like that. That is nuts, man. Yeah. I can't imagine the amount of money that went into that, but I mean, they, they're still making money off of it. Millions, I'm sure. Um, so your musical stuff, you're, are you just uh, pretty much in Kill the Lights? Technically. That's the main um, gig? Is the main gig now. Yeah. John from Threat Signal, he's got his own thing now, a monolith, um, okay. with a couple of guys from Devin Townsend Band and Strapping Young Lad. Nice. I think they have new stuff coming out pretty soon. They cool. just announced a tour. It's a new band. So John's focused on that. So Threat Signal's kind of on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Loomis is still super busy with Arch Enemy, mm-hmm. even though I know he's been been writing solo stuff when he has the time. Yeah. Um, Maytel's doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kill the Lights is, uh, you know, there's not enough announced just yet. Very, very soon. But there's been a lot, a lot going on behind the scenes for the past year. Good. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that was that was the first question I had was, is there an update on album release or can you talk about that? I can't give any specifics, but there'll be a lot of info released soon. Cool. And I soon actually means soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, oh, soon does not mean six months like, from now. Like later you know? today. Right. <laughs> so you don't have, uh, like, that would include tours and stuff, I guess. Do you have anything that you could, you could even briefly talk about or is that going to be... Um, we need to save that for the announcement. There are tour ideas. They were hoping to have um, a tour announcement for us when the label announced the band. Yeah. And by the way, for people that already do know, yeah, we have announced the band, but um, at the time we weren't signed. So the the label wants to do like an official announcement so that, you know, they put our, our video that we already did on their YouTube channel oh, yeah. and they, you know, mentioned stuff on Facebook and stuff like that. But they wanted to have a tour announced when they announced the band, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay. We do have stuff already solidified for the summer, not necessarily tours, but shows. Okay. I, cool. It sucks. I can't really say much, but yeah, it's like, but, there's going to be a bunch of stuff released pretty soon and people are going to, you know, new music and stuff like that. So how many people are in this one, this band right now? It's currently four. 
We uh, we do not have a bass player. Oh, yeah. You just program that. <laughs> I actually <laughs> That's what everybody does. I actually played like ninety percent of the bass on the album. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't do both, man. No. <laughs> no, we're looking for a bassist that uh, I guess is also kind of primarily a vocalist. Okay. Yeah, somebody that can sing and scream. Okay. More backing. Backing stuff, but um, could take the lead. Right. Somebody that's skilled at vocals as well. Okay. Where are all these people located? You know, I feel bad because I can't remember ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spread out everywhere, I guess. It's everywhere. So, um, that's so cool. For people not familiar with the band, um, Moose, our drummer, he was in Bullet for My Valentine. Okay. And he was a founding member and he was up in the band. He was in the band up until like two years ago. Um, he lives in Wales. So okay. he's pretty far. Yeah. Um, our other guitar player, Jordan. He was in a band called Still Remains. Okay. Uh, they were a Roadrunner band back in the day. He lives in Michigan. I don't know where. I know he lives <laughs> in, in Michigan. Michigan. And then our vocalist, James, he was in a band called Throw the Fight. It's another place that snows a lot. Somewhere in the U.S., though? Yeah. <laughs> so three of us in the U.S. and one in the U.K. Okay. Do you guys, uh, like, chit-chat? All the uh, time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we use, uh, do you know what Slack is? Slack? No. Slack. It's uh, kind of like WhatsApp. Okay. But it's more business-focused. So you can okay. um, sort things by, like, what topic like conversation. Okay, but it's for mostly conversing? Yeah, Not it like is. like a so, task, task manager kind of thing? No, or? so we've got our manager in there, and then all the guys in the oh, band. Okay, okay. And then we have, like, visual, and there's um, mixing, and writing and general okay so it's so that it's not like one conversation page that's just jumbled up with a bunch of stuff it's all memes and shit right yeah that's actually a really good idea we have a (laughs) non-band section where (laughs) that's That's perfect so if you want to spend your time sending memes then you go slack you go over there yeah (laughs) um so that yeah constantly and our manager is awesome he even you know he works on the weekends, so we'll get updates. Usually people in the music business just are like, all right, see ya. On Friday, they're out of there and don't respond right. until Monday. Eh, okay. Yeah. That seems like a full-time gig. Not to not to diss anybody that doesn't you know, think that it's a 24-7 gig, but it seems like it would be. I don't see uh, music being a Monday through Friday thing. No, but I, mean, I guess people that have more of the corporate side of things view it as a day job because yeah. that's what they do every single day. Sure. So they take the weekend off and don't reply to emails until Monday. Hmm. I guess that's like, okay. it can be frustrating. You know, you, yeah. you have something important you want to talk about and you send it Friday <laughs> and it's like, well, now I got to yeah. wait two days and I don't know what they're going to say. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's, I'm a, a plumbing superintendent. So if I get an email Sunday afternoon, I'm still probably going to answer and respond to it and take care of it. Not just leave right. it there, you know, and that's, that's just plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems a little weird. Uh, 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 so speaking of guitar and bands and touring and all that stuff, I remember that I started following you. I think it was on YouTube first okay. forever ago before Facebook and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You've already already mentioned Loomis, but I think the first time that I saw you was at his solo tour. Or okay. Whatever, yeah, think. that one with Soil Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Anoop. Yeah, Anoop was on drums. Yep. Yeah. That was the first time I saw him. I thought he was a Mexican dude because I couldn't see him very well. <laughs> and I had no idea who he was. He so. does have brown skin. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that made me racist. I just could not see him. The lights, uh, I don't remember the lights being on him very much. <laughs> yeah. Man, that guy's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But I, I, I think I made the connection probably years after that. Okay. That it was him. Yeah. You know, and I saw him play drums and I thought, why does he look so familiar? And then I just randomly connected it. I think I looked at his, uh, maybe his uh, Wikipedia or some crap and, you know, it said Loomis on there. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that's that dude. Yeah. That was when you had uh, the uh, Schechter with the white EMG pickups. Yep. I don't know why I just specifically remembered that detail. Well, I don't think, because I don't think many people have white EMGs. Yeah. And it was a cool combination for that guitar. It was like the red wine Loomis with yeah. the maple fretboard and then white pickups. Yeah. Like super contrasty. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you recall anything remarkable or memorable from that tour specifically besides playing with the best guitar player. I know. Metal. I was about to say the cool thing is just that I got the opportunity to <laughs> just do to look that. just look over and see him play. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's uh funny how that opportunity came up. I mean, I'll get back to the stuff on tour, but it's uh it's cool because I met those guys while I was touring with Threat Signal. Mm-hmm. And we got to do like a week or so of shows with Nevermore. And I was just like Man, huge fanboy moment, you know, because I grew up listening to them through high school and Loomis was one of my favorite guitar players. Mm -hmm. So we got to tour with them and I got talking with them. And uh, I think it was after that tour, they were like doing a guitar player search. I was talking to their bassist, Jim, and he recommended me. And I was like number two spot to be the guitar player (laughs) in Nevermore. (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, And the guy that got it, his name's Attila. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, I can't remember where he's from. Somewhere over in like Eastern Europe, I think. Um, and I almost got the gig because there was, they were getting ready to do a tour and they were having visa problems with yeah. him. And they like had me on speed dial. They're like, oh, we, well, we're going to let you know, man. Like there's a possibility you're going to have to be the guitar player on this tour. And then he got it, like saved it at the last second. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like good for Dude, he's an awesome guy. Very, very nice dude. Really good guitar player. But I, you know Inside, I was like, oh, man, yeah, almost right. got to be in one of my favorite bands. Um, but that's how I got to know Loomis. Mm-hmm. And then he just randomly hit me up on Facebook. And he's like, hey, man, where are you up to? Are you busy? I was like, no, nah, I'm not really doing anything with Threat Signal. And he's like, well, I have this show coming up at NAM. He was going to play the Schecter show at the okay. Grove. Yeah, yeah. He's, and this was like three weeks prior to that. And he's like, you think you'd be interested in playing that show with me and playing rhythm guitar? And I was like, of course, you know. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> nah, dude, I'll pass. <laughs> Who wants to do that? <laughs> so he, um, it was like a headline set list. He sent me a set list of songs and was like, here, learn these. And we didn't rehearse. So that was wow. like his test. Wow. So he showed up to that show and had to play. That's some trust too, man. Yeah. I mean, I got lucky. He made like playthrough videos of my parts. Awesome. Yeah, so I got very to, helpful. so I got to, uh, you know, learn everything, how it's actually played. And he slowed down the parts in the video, the really, oh, okay. f- really technical that makes parts. A huge difference. Yeah. So, uh, did that show and then he asked me to do that tour and that's how that started. But, um, it was awesome. Yeah. But moments on tour, there's like, man, that tour was two months long and Good had w- one day off each month really yeah just one holy two, shit two man. days off the entire tour i didn't realize it was that many dates yeah i have the uh the the tour laminate somewhere and yeah. it's just like the dates are so tiny on there that you right. can't read them <laughs> or, it, or um, it would have to be a gigantic laminate <laughs> right um so yeah two months straight one day off each month it was brutal but i i don't remember anything in particular like there were a couple like funny moments mm-hmm. like uh there was one 
one time uh we were super tired after a show we packed up you know we leave the venue at like two or three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and we got a big drive but we're like all right let's get outside of the city let's find a hotel so we go to this one hotel it's like a no-name place but like everybody's tired we're like dude let's just stop so we go in there our tour manager spends what feels like an eternity getting two rooms Mm -hmm. so a couple of guys split off to go to one room we go to ours and we go to open the door and it's latched and we're like what the hell so then somebody peeks their head around and there's just like red bull cans all over the floor (laughs) (laughs) and like random shit everywhere and we look in the bed and there's somebody like staring at the door like not saying a word right so we're like oh sorry so we close the door the other guys come back and they're like is there somebody in your room so they had the same thing. So we go back <laughs> to the front office. Yeah. Right. We're like, look, there were people in both of our rooms. We just want to get empty rooms and go to bed. So they're like, all right, sorry, we'll switch out your rooms. We all go to this next room. We're like, all right, let's just see if these are legit. We open the door. <laughs> this dude didn't latch it, but we go in the door and the guy instantly sits up his, in his bed and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 like he's woken out of his sleep. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Good so lord! We shut the door That's really quick. Scary. Yeah, and we I just, mean, for like for both people, you know, it happened both three sides. three times <laughs> in a row. <laughs> so then we just bail. And That's we, all, we, awesome, man. We, we're like, man, we're just gonna start driving again. It was our tour manager. That is you know, freaking weird. Yeah, actually, did you ever meet Donnie? Yes, he uh, tour managed for Tesseract for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Donnie was our tour manager. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I've just slapped hands with him and hear his slang but there's a I, lot of slang I, I, haven't, going on. <laughs> I haven't talked with him much gotcha no. <laughs> yeah that's what Chantel told me i think she's talked to him a few times too yeah he mentioned he's he's always got a new word or something <laughs> next time she sees him i think the uh the, the actual word for that tour was word <laughs> word yeah. let's get a hotel word uh, yeah <laughs> just to get more uh guitar stuff out of the way what do you i mean how much do you currently play a day or at least what do you aim for i don't even really have a goal anymore i don't play a lot during the week so utah is extremely expensive i don't really make enough to even afford to get my own place you know mm-hmm. one bedroom apartments after fees and everything are like 1400 bucks a month lordy yeah and like a cheap house in salt lake is about 250 grand mm. and it's nothing special at right. all. So I just like, I don't make enough to get my own place. So what I do is I, I rent a room at somebody's house mm-hmm. and that's like half of a mortgage payment in its own. Right. So it's, and it, what I'm getting at is that it sucks because the guy that owns the house doesn't really like me doing music stuff there. Damn it. So I keep all of my studio stuff at work. Okay. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have a boss that's a musician himself, so he doesn't care at all. So sometimes I play after work. But it sucks because usually, you know, after working like eight to five, the last thing I'm thinking about is staying at work and playing guitar. Of course. I just want to go home. Yeah. So usually I'll get a couple of hours in throughout the week. Wow. The entire week. That sounds crazy. That sounds like me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's weekends where I put in all the work, you know, so I... Both Saturday and Sunday, I will be at the warehouse and, you know, I'll wake up in the morning, go grab coffee, get some breakfast, take it there, um, hang out for a minute, and then I'll play guitar like all day long. Wow. That's some discipline though, for sure. Yeah. That's uh, kind of like 
not sleeping very well during the week and then just trying to sleep all weekend <laughs> to make up for it, even though Man, it, that's just, not a real thing. I, I stay on my weekly schedule, sleep schedule, even through the weekend. Okay. Like I have alarm set Saturday yeah. and Sunday. I'm up at seven on Saturday and Sunday. Nice. And I feel like an old guy because it's like I can barely stay up past 11. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> like struggling to stay awake past 11 o'clock. Uh, I have a problem. I can't go to bed early. Uh, I can't. I mean, whenever I want to go to the gym and do, the, you know, I have to go in the morning. Yeah. I can't do it when I get home from work. I don't want to go. It's too yeah. crowded. I just, I want to be home. So my, I have to sacrifice some sleep or go to bed earlier and get there early, but I can never go to bed early. I'm always, you know, Chantel stays up kind of late or I've just got stuff that I want to do or I'm working on and you know, time just freaking flies by. So mm-hmm. before you know it, it's 11 o'clock and I'm, you know, if I want to go to the gym, I get up at three. Yeah. So that doesn't leave very much time for sleep. Right. Kind of sucks. Yeah, I know you've told me about your 15 minute <laughs> naps or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If I can get some naps throughout the day. At least, at least two, you know, ten to fifteen minute naps. I'm in much better shape. I can't do that. Like I, I'm terrible at sometimes. Not sometimes. A lot of time, I'm terrible at like actually falling asleep. Like it takes. It feels like it takes me a while. Yeah. To actually fall asleep, but I'm always like I said. I'm always tired. Really tired by like eleven or so. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't, I, can, I don't know if I can do the fifteen minute nap thing because it's like I feel like I'd spend about ten minutes of that fifteen minutes trying to fall asleep. That that would factor in there for sure if you can't fall asleep for some reason if i guess it's when i know that i am i'm exhausted Mm -hmm. i need to get some sort of sleep yeah you know if 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 i only got three hours of sleep or whatever you know overnight i'll get to a point you know we have a nine o'clock break and Mm -hmm. then a 15 minute break and then 12 o'clock we'll take lunch 30 30 to 40 minutes and sometimes at break in that 15 minutes i'll go out to my truck and set an alarm for 15 minutes and there has been countless times that I'll wake up before 10 minutes mm-hmm. thinking thinking that I overslept yeah and, and I feel awesome huh. just wake up like oh my god you know <laughs> shit my alarm didn't go off yeah. no it's there's still five minutes left and you know I I, don't, I can't go back to sleep at that point I'm, I'm yeah. like alert I'm ready to go right so it's it's really weird how I, I if I couldn't fall asleep fast and that obviously wouldn't work but for some reason, if if I get to that point where I know I am tired, or I I know I know that I have this window that I can go take a nap, it's like my body just knows. Yeah, it's yeah. time make it happen. I think my issue is that I have anxiety problems. Mm-hmm. So if I know I have fifteen minutes to sleep, my body is going to be like freaking out, being like, "Oh, you've only you only have fifteen minutes." You're my gonna, body, you're going to oversleep. Like, <laughs> not even that. It's just like the fact that I know that's not very much time. Okay. Like, I'm the kind of person where if I, let's say I wake up 15 minutes before my alarm is supposed to go off it for any reason, mm-hmm. my brain won't let me go back to sleep because it's like I'm constantly thinking about how I only have 15 minutes left. Yeah. I've had that for, for sure. That's me all the time. Though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not very fun. So if I get up within like half an hour of when my alarm is supposed to go off, I just get up. Yeah. Because I know my body's not, my brain's not going to let me go back to sleep. Stupid brain. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem is that I have a hard time turning it off. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I used to be too. You need to meditate. Yeah. That's what changed changed my life. You need to look into that. Yeah, definitely. I think I have that on here at some point to ask you about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, if, if you don't know anything about it, which you just said you don't, I would suggest looking into that for sure. I've looked into it before, but um, it's never something that I've like 
really, really looked into and tried to study. Yeah. I would, I, I would suggest just doing a, a guided guided meditation okay. just for like five to 10 minutes. Because I know it's it's a skill. Like it yeah. takes a long time to develop the skill to be able to do it easily. Yeah. I mean, you, you could technically do it for months, every day for months and still just be completely frustrated because you haven't got it. Because you're not but, doing it right. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Once you understand or realize that you can do it, I think it's harder for you not to be able to, it's not going to be a perfect meditation every, every single time. Right. But you're, you're able to get into it faster mm -hmm. into that mindset of just forgetting everything for as long as you possibly can. And just noticing all the stuff that comes into your head, you know, just random, whatever, anything that pops in your head. Right. Oh, I've got to do that tomorrow. Where did that even come from? Right. Wh who just, who just said that in my head? Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes it'll be something that makes you upset or makes you worry or, you know, not, Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. It's, oh shit, I have to do that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then you start freaking yourself out. Right. Even though it's not even something that you have to worry about. It's just, you're just working yourself up for no reason. Right. But it's noticing, noticing those things and being able to recognize them as just a thought in your head. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing else that it is. You just look at it as, <laughs> look at it for what it is, which is just words in your head. Yeah. And that's it. Well, you don't, you don't give it any more, physical meaning to give your body a physical uh, effect right. from it, you know, like anxiety attack or something. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you're going to cure that, but it would really help with that where, where you don't get overwhelmed or even if you do get overwhelmed, it's not going to last very long because you know how to suppress it yeah. as quick as possible, which is that's, that's part of the practice is, is just trying to lasso that those shitty feelings, you know, either, either dwelling on something that just happened or happened in the past or worrying about future when you could just be in the moment and and mostly content, not that you're ignoring yeah. anything, but you're not you're not focusing on past or future mm -hmm. because the past has already happened and the future has yet to happen. Right? There's no guarantee, so yeah, why worry about it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I did a meet and greet with Steve Vai a couple of years ago. He was doing his uh, Passion and Warfare anniversary tour. Oh yeah, yeah. And one of the questions people what somebody asked him was like, how, how are you so calm? Like, how do you seem like you, you're so together? Mm -hmm. And, um, he recommended a couple of books, but one of the things he said is pretty much exactly what you just said, but like a non meditative form of it. Yeah. Just realizing things. He was like, um, you know, you need to realize that thoughts are just thoughts and it doesn't reflect anything on you. Mm -hmm. You can't control what you think, you know, it's whatever appears in your head. You have to like, analyze that mm -hmm. and sometimes brush it off or even laugh at it and be like, Oh, that was weird. Yeah. You know, for the example is kind of, I guess somewhat extreme, but he's like, I guarantee you everybody here has had this thought before and it means absolutely nothing. Let's say you're driving down the road and you see a barrier on the side of the road or you see two people walking on the side of the road and your brain's kind of like, oh, what if I just turned into that person? Or what if I just turned into that guardrail? Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's like, I guarantee you everybody in this room has had that thought at some point. And he's like, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean you're crazy. It's just your brain being weird. And that's yeah. what the, you have to recognize that that's what thoughts are. It's like some sort, of, some sort of outside interference that comes through like a different frequency that you have no control over. You right. Know, you're, not, you're not the author of your thoughts. No. That's when you make that realization, that's, that's pretty big too. Yeah. So that's what he was trying to explain. He recommended a couple of books. I'd have to remember what they are, mm -hmm. but that was like 
pretty much what you were just saying is that the, you have to get control of your thoughts yeah. and not let them bug that, you too that's much. Just, that's just general mindfulness, yeah. just being aware of what's going on. That's just the same for me. We talked about, you know, the other night about being angry about stuff. You know, I can, I can't stop myself from getting angry, but mm -hmm. I can stop myself from continuing to stay angry. Right. And that's the, that's where things get worse, you know? Yeah. Like that initial reaction, I could get pissed off and just, I don't know, make loud noises or whatever and, and seem like I'm about to lose my shit. But I've gotten to the point where 30 seconds later, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, because you gotta okay. be able to look at it and be like, "All right, I, this is dumb that I'm acting this way." Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a weird feeling because I've had that sometimes where it's almost like an addiction, where you're angry and then you realize that it's kind of unnecessary, but something—it's like an itch. Yeah, something makes you want to continue to be that way, or like, "No, fuck that! I'm mad." Yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of selfish. Yeah, you know, it's just understand why I'm mad, but. You don't have to stay that way. Yeah. It's okay to get mad, but why stay that way? Yeah. There's no reason to. Sam Harris is the one that listening to him on Joe Rogan's podcast got me into listening to Sam Harris's podcast, which got me to read his book, which is about meditation. And that's pretty much how I got into it. Okay. And you no, know, he's, he just has a very, I like his views on, on that. He has a, a an app also where he does guided meditations and he'll oh, talk cool. to, uh, he'll interview people about meditation mindfulness and all that kind of stuff different mm -hmm. different people all I over the world so huh. i would definitely recommend his his stuff um you kind of missed out on it but the uh app that he had is free until the end of the year oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he promoted that during christmas i think um because it can be kind of expensive well it's it's still the That's 31st the, yeah if you want to go meditate in the in the bathroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you mean it's like a timed exclusive yeah, thing. yeah. i thought Once you meant hits, like you didn't have to purchase it no, I mean, like it's free up until... Right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So in 2020, it'll... Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a cool promotion because it is kind of, it's kind of pricey. Yeah. But, I mean, if it gets you to a better mind space and you're happier in mm -hmm. general and you, you can, you know, live your life in a more positive way, yeah. you can't put a price on that. That was the difference between me now and me years ago when someone asked me how I'm doing, I always had a negative response. Mm -hmm. You know, well, actually this happened. You know, why? Why? Why do I have to do that? Yeah. It's like, no, every, everything's good. You know, look at the general uh, average of everything. Everything's good. I'm in a good position. You know, shit happens, but I don't need to concentrate on the negative shit that has happened. Yeah. You know, I'm alive. Yeah. Got a house. Man, <laughs> I, people ask me that and I always just say, oh, I'm doing pretty good, pretty well, mm -hmm. but that's it because like my life's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's work and me playing guitar and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's okay. No, nothing's wrong. It's just not eventful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and some people would say, you know, everything's fantastic. Like I get jealous of some people that are even, even more, man, I am great. Everything is wonderful. Yeah. You know, like really? Then they'll start talking about something negative yeah, or, yeah. well, I mean this happened and this happened, but no, everything else is good. Yeah. I can get jealous of that a little bit. You know, someone has super gung ho response, <laughs> whereas I'm just good. good. Yeah, I mean, I've worked pretty hard over the past couple of years to get rid of negativity. Uh -huh. and get rid of the people that cause the negativity. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty fortunate at the moment to not have to deal with any drama. That's good. Really. So anything bad that happens in my life is usually, and I say bad, it's usually like work-related, mm -hmm. something that's just frustrating. Yeah. But other than Stressful. that. Stressful. Yeah. But other than that, everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask... Uh, 
do you have any players recently that you've found or like this year that you've uh, discovered or just gotten into guitar players or really um, any, any musicians? Steven Taranto. Yeah. The guy's he's, a monster. He's the first one on my list here. I put two people. Monster. <laughs> I'm sorry about all the dogs barking. I can't control these idiots. Ah. It's quiet. Uh, Mateus Asato. Is that how you say his name? Is that the dude that plays with his fingers? Like the... Uh, with his right hand, like long fingernails. What is his name? Um, I did find a dude recently that plays everything with his fingers, and he has a cover of like Cliffs of Dover. Yeah, yeah. And he did his, Fives his, by his, Guthrie. Yes. And he does everything finger picked, yeah. and it's like the cleanest sounding shredding I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I didn't. I did not think it was real the first time I heard it. Just, yeah. just watching him, like you can't do that. I found out about that guy a couple weeks ago, um, but that's not. It's got to be Mateus Asato. I feel like I'm mispronouncing his name, and I, I just I don't want to butcher it. I'm looking it up. It is Mateus Asato. Super tasty guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those guys that he has videos of him playing like shreddy stuff, and he's just unbelievable at it. But mm-hmm. in his videos, he never does it. Like 99% of his videos, it's just like, just it's all melodic playing, mm-hmm. but really really nice stuff. Awesome. Um, Man, there's just I don't know about new players because I I'm watching dudes like Rick Graham still. Mm-hmm. You know, like every video he puts out blows my mind. Yeah, that one video where he starts at like the first fret on he the top string all the way like, to the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably watched that thing fifty times. What in the world is he doing? He's named that the what the fuck look. God, because that's what everybody says when they see it the yeah. first time. <laughs> like what? How do you even do that? It's all economy picking. Yeah. That is uh, I that's terrible. At. There's one of my friends was looking for uh, some lessons, and that's that's kind of my first or my most recent dive into trying to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And I went over picking positions since I've changed mine over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and um, I recommended that for him because I think he was using he was picking kind of the same way with a pick more out from your palm, and then instead of like tucking it back in mm-hmm. towards your palm. And you know, closing oh, closing like, your fist. Yeah, mine was more like all fingers all the way out gotcha. playing, and now it's more of a fist, closed fist. I used to do that because that's how Kirk Hammett played, and right. I was like trying to copy his playing style, and that's how I played for years. Yeah. And then I had a Skype lesson with Jason Richardson probably mm-hmm. three years ago, and that was one of the first things he's like, "Dude, you got to fix that. You got to stop that." <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, curl your fingers in, make a fist. You know, not so that it's like, not like you're clenching your fist, but roll all your fingers in and just keep it that way. Yeah. That was really hard to, I mean, for the, for the picking position for me, moving it from fingers out, like you're, you know, I can't describe it for people that are not watching, but it took me a while to close in my pointer holding the pick, mm-hmm. getting just that in a different position. Gotcha. Where it was not pointed out like you're, uh, almost like you're making the okay sign. Yeah. Instead of curling it into your palm. But once I got that down with my pointer and my thumb, then I had to work on the middle ring and pinky, getting those closed into the fist. Yeah. So it, it was, it was you know, fingers wide out, just flopping in the yeah. wind. And then eventually, like over the past two years, it's just, it's just slowly kind of creeping its way in. I think I've almost got it now where it's more of a closed fist. Yeah. But I was trying to get this guy, you know, I said, as you're retraining yourself, why don't you start looking into economy picking? Because I wish I would have done that. You know, yeah. that. That was a chance for me to kind of, get into that too. So mm-hmm. I made a couple of uh, little videos about that and I think that's that'll be helpful. I would recommend that to 
anybody, especially if you're uh, either just learning or retraining yourself somehow. Mm-hmm. I would definitely start looking into economy picking. It would save so much yeah. effort. And it, it just watch Rick Graham, and <laughs> that'll be an example of what you could, what your uh, potentials could be. It sucks because I feel like every time I see something cool recently and I try to learn it, it's something that's economy picked. Yeah. And I think that's why I find it so cool is because it's something that you generally can't do with alternate picking. Mm-hmm. Like a couple weeks ago, I wanted to learn how Eric Johnson did those really crazy descending pentatonic licks. Mm-hmm. And he just goes through them super fast, but you have to economy pick them. Yeah. That's like the secret to To get to that it. clean sound. And I was like trying to find a way to cheat around doing it. Yeah. And it's like, instead of doing box pentatonics like he does, I was having to do like really wide pentatonic mm-hmm. licks yeah. and it works. But it's like you have to do everything this weird roundabout way instead of just economy picking. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Because <laughs> the sound is not the same at all. No. That'd be the same as like a legato versus picking every note, you know. Right. Difference in sound. Okay, moving moving on since we've spent so much time on guitar music. Okay. Uh, you're more into cars and such. Yeah. Now, which you haven't been always, right? Um. Yeah, but not as near as much as I have been in the past probably four years. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that got you into it more specifically? Yeah. When I got my first, I like, I guess, sports car, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of clicked with me. I was like, oh, I can do whatever I want with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I started looking into modding the car that I had and just realized that there's this huge world of, I, you know, performance. Stuff. Yeah, upgrades. performance stuff, things you can do to it. And it's not like crazy expensive. Yeah. And it's fun, and I like the idea that you can make your car into whatever you want it to be. Sure. You know, your own individual thing. And um, my stepdad was very, very into cars. He was a mechanic, extremely okay. good at it. So we always had cars in and out of our garage at the house, and I was right. helping, always helping him fix stuff. And um, I've been a gamer since I was probably like three years old, you know. And yeah. back in the day, I'd play Gran Turismo and all these racing games. So I've always been into cars, but... Um, me being really, really into cars is like a recent thing. More recent. Yeah. Have you ever had or ridden a motorcycle? Had. I never rode it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So um, when I was younger, I really wanted a dirt bike. Yeah. Really, really wanted it. And uh, my stepdad found one, but it wasn't running. But he had a point behind that. He was like, I want you to learn how to fix it. Oh, okay. So the, the intention was good, yep. but it never got fixed. Right. <laughs> it just sat there and rusted under a tree, and Damn then finally it. somebody bought it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had that at one point, and I wanted to fix it up and learn to ride it, but never did. Yeah. And I got interested in uh, in like street bikes a couple of years ago, but the more people I talked to about it, they were like, man, that's like a death wish. Yeah. You know, saying that, you like fear for your life every time you go on the street. <laughs> I mean, nowadays on, on any motorcycle, but yeah. you know, those, uh, they're all dangerous, but at least if you're on a sports bike, most likely you're going to be all mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, your leathers and everything. So yeah. you're more prepared versus like how I used to roll around in my motorcycle with ch- shorts and sandals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to give a shit. Oh. <laughs> just, just cruising around, man. Yeah. But I wouldn't like to get on the highway or anything like that. Uh, as, as much as possible, I would just go back roads for the most part. Because I had some issues, like some instances where I ran, you know, almost had an accident or something, which is really scary because there's nothing there to protect you. I mean, right. you're just 
you're open for disaster every turn, <laughs> every intersection. So yeah. My dad had one and he didn't keep it for very long because the insurance was ridiculous. And I okay. think, I think he just wanted a, more of a cruiser anyway, Yeah. but he just had, he never, I guess he never had one maybe. So he decided to get one mm-hmm. at one point. It's a Honda, I forgot what it was, CBR, something yeah. like that. But before he took it back or was going to sell it or whatever, he had told me to go, hey, just go give it, give it a run down mm-hmm. the road. See what you think. No, man, that's, that's not for me. Is it like I, a it was, CBR, what would be like a 600 or something like that? Like the mid-tier one? Because I, can't I, think remember, the, I can't remember what it was. The other, the lower ones are usually like a 250. Or was it a VFR? Well, there's a CBR. Yeah, I know that one, but I think he actually had the VFR. I might be wrong. The CBR goes all the way up to like a 1,000 or 1,200 mm-hmm. or something. I'm not sure what it was. I know that it was fairly large, like as far as me getting up on it. Yeah. It was, you know, my toes are touching. You right. Know, I, I have fairly long legs, so I mean, it was must have been pretty pretty higher up um but yeah i actually drove that by my old high school because i had graduated i guess a year prior mm-hmm. to that and seeing all the kids out there yeah and, you know ah, i'm on this bike and <laughs> at the red light it turned green i didn't just like give it everything i was just kind of like yeah boom, just barely room yeah. you know and i thought i was gonna fall off like fly backwards because it's just how much force yeah. that it had and that scared the shit out of me yeah. I mean, everything was everything was fine i took it you know when I sped around the corner and, you know, took advantage of having a nice fast bike to play with for a minute. But mm-hmm. I realized that that could be really dangerous, you know, if I'm not paying attention or if I'm yeah. not, I'm not thinking properly or I don't know, upset, yeah, <laughs> driving those, angry. Man, those higher powered bikes go literally faster than you can really think. Yeah. That's the problem. And they're just so, gone in yeah. a second. Less than a second. Yes, yeah, so you got to be oof. really careful. Yeah. I don't think I... If I got something at this point, it would have to be a dirt bike. Yeah. I don't want to be on the road with people. I don't want to be on the road with people in my truck. Yeah. Kind of upsets me more than anything because no one is paying attention to what they're doing. And it's just, it's bad. It's, there, there's so many wrong way accidents. Yeah. Like in the past year or two, it seems like there's almost every month there's a report of somebody on the highway going the wrong way, killed, killed two people, you know, but of course they survive. Not that I want anyone to die, but right. Fuck, pay man. attention. That's going to be more of a alcohol or drug issue instead of your phone. Yeah. But the phone is bad enough, right? You know, that's the other thing that I see at red lights constantly is people on their phone. Yeah, but the light turns green. Okay, let's go, guys. Yeah, Jesus, on both sides of the road, no I mean, one, you, no one goes. Yeah, when someone's delayed from going from a green light, you know what they're doing. Yeah, it's like. I mean, people look at maps. I get it. It's yeah. not just playing around, but still, you got to pay attention to what the hell you're doing. When I'm doing maps, I have my phone in the cup holder mm-hmm. so that, like, you know, I have the volume up so that I can hear it. And if I just need to glance over at it for a quick second, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I don't really want to get to the point where I have to pull over to do something. No. But if that's what it takes, that's probably what you should do yeah. is pull over to a safe spot and look up what you need to look up, even though that sucks to have to do mm-hmm. you know especially if you're on the highway but i mean shit dude it's better than not paying attention for five seconds and then looking up and then there's cars stopped in front of you yeah and you can't stop yourself yeah what's terrible in utah <sighs> i i don't know if it's really bad everywhere but the lack of using turn signals oh my god and utah is the worst yeah you know you can count on probably about 60 percent of people just not using their turn signals and it creates a lot of accidents there. Yeah, I bet. Or a lot of unnecessary waiting 
at intersections yeah, or whatever yeah. where it's like they don't put on their turn signal until the very last second and you're like wow i could have gone like exactly. 10 seconds ago turn yeah. signal at the last second of the last second. It's like oh thank you because they <laughs> just realize oh they're probably waiting for me yeah let me turn this on right <sighs> or i've had that happen where they've put their turn signal on way down the road so i think they're about to turn in on my left side as I'm about to turn right onto the main road, right? They, they don't turn. They they're they using just keep going. Well, yeah, they keep going. Either they just l- forgot that the signal was on, or mm-hmm. they're turning beyond where oh, I am. Okay. Yeah, it's very confusing. But I see it, you know, from way down the road. So you know, right. I, I usually don't assume that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, just just because I've had that happen. But sometimes I see them slow down. And I think yeah, they have to be turning right here. Yeah. Sure enough. Nope. Nope. Okay. I almost oh, almost caused an accident. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, uh, I don't know, not, not they're using their turn signal, but maybe not properly. Yeah. Video games. Yes. You like video games. A lot. I'm not as into them as I used to be mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger, but I do like them every now and then when I can play them, except when I have to update for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with, that, uh, talking with Bryce about that. If I have 20 minutes to play a video game yeah. and I turn it on and it's all, all out of date, so it takes an hour and 28 minutes to upload everything or update everything. And, <laughs> or, or it says you can play without this, yeah. you know, without updating if you want to, but all these things are disabled. Right. So it takes away all the fun. So there, there is a way to get around it. I don't know how much electricity it uses, mm-hmm. meaning like I don't know how it affects your electric bill. Um, but with the PS4, you can put it in rest mode and it will do all the updating on its own. Oh, yeah, I've done that before, updated in rest mode, but it still seems like every time that I want to actually play something, like opening up a a specific game, Mm -hmm. I think maybe the storage is an issue. If I don't have enough storage on something, then I'm obviously not going to see it until I open it up, and then it says, hey, you need to delete some shit so I can update, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I have to delete so much stuff. Yeah, you can swap out the hard drives on those. Yeah, I think think that's a... 500 gig? Yeah, 500 gig, got to be. And shit, I only have Call of Duty and like one other game on there right now because Call yeah. of Duty destroyed everything that right. I had. Uh, I think I I might still have God of War on there. That's a good one. I really like that one. It's really good. I don't want to get rid of that one with all the saved yeah. game data and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because that's a, that's a fun game. It is. Yeah. I, I, I guess if I was going to get in more of more video games, I would... I like the longer journey fantasy type stuff. Oh, so I do too. At least it's... I feel like I get my money's worth also because it lasts longer. It's right. more involved and there's decision making and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a lot cooler that mm-hmm. way. But of course I do like Mortal Kombat and gotcha. quick quick games like that too. I used to be in, into fighting games a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like the first Mortal Kombat I played was Mortal Kombat 3 on Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I used to be obsessed with that. All the fatalities. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had like moves list printed out on pieces of paper right. and stuff but man i just i don't know if i don't have the patience for it anymore or if it's like one of those things where they're like you know the older you get the harder it is to learn something new but none of, like none of it works for me man i <laughs> i bought the latest tekken like last year or two years ago tekken 7 mm-hmm. i literally went into practice mode opened up the moves list and then turned the game off <laughs> A little too complex. <laughs> there are so many moves for every character. They're so complex that I was like, I, I'm not going to learn this. Yeah. No. Not going to memorize it. I don't have the bandwidth to keep all this information. Right. In my head. So fighting games for me are no. First person shooters, I used to love them. But to me, I, it's hard to find any that 
capture my attention anymore. Yeah. The one thing that has always stuck with me, it's like you said, um, role-playing games, fantasy games. Yeah. Um, like Final Fantasy and latest God of War and one I've really been into lately is Dark Souls. I don't know, the, the, the lore and the story behind it, and like you said, you feel like you get the money's worth of it because some of those games... You know, to completely beat them, take like 200 hours. Yeah. You know. That's intense. Yeah. I haven't played any of the Final Fantasy games on anything ever. I wouldn't even know where it's to It's weird. Begin. They're all so different in ways. Okay. It's like, it's not a continuous story. It's like every single one is different. That's good though. Yeah. I would imagine. Any uh, Anything that you've had recently that, like a newer one that you really get addicted to? Like what's that red? Red Dead? Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption? Redemption? Yeah. Yeah. That came out about a year ago, I think. But I played that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much Grand Theft Auto and the Wild West days. Yeah. So instead okay. of stealing cars, you're stealing carriages and horses and stuff. <laughs> okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the Dark Souls. Um, what else? Dark Souls is just known for being extremely difficult, like really? frustratingly difficult. Okay. I don't want that. <laughs> so the currency in the game when you kill stuff is souls. And the creator of the game tried to make it like old school video games where there are checkpoints but they're they're few and far between and mm-hmm. whatever happens in between there good luck you gotta you know? start back over right so Ugh. um every time you die you go back to the last checkpoint yeah but on top of that when you die all of your souls drop where you died and then oh. if you die again on the way there you lose all of them damn it that that reminds me of uh bloodborne did you yeah. play that one same games, okay. literally. So the same creator, same guy, did Bloodborne. There's okay. also a series called Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. It started with one called Demon Souls, and then the latest one is Sekiro, which is like a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a samurai. It's like a ninja okay. type dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bloodborne was pretty cool. I got to a point with that one where I could not get past certain things. Yeah. It was, that was one of the ones I think they they put out for free one month or something, right. so I downloaded it. And that was fun for a little bit, but yeah, I did get to a point where, okay, I can't beat this right. person, this thing, and it just seemed to get worse every time I tried, so I just gave up. It's one of those games where um, you got to keep your anxiety and your emotions in check mm-hmm. because you start getting angry, you start getting frustrated, and you start playing worse. Yeah. So you've got to like, it, it's weird. It's like a great game, and it teaches you to control your anxiety a bit. It does for me at least because I notice that I make mistakes if I go into like, oh, I know this boss is really tough and I've died 30 times and my heart starts racing and I'm just, my adrenaline's pumping, I always do worse. But if I go in there and try to keep my emotions in check and because you have to learn to dodge right at the right time, you have to learn the boss's movesets and Mm -hmm. once you learn that, then it's no problem. That's like uh, God of War with the Valkyries. Yeah. That was- Those are frustrating. Jesus. Right. (laughs) Yeah. last one. Oh my God, that took me a long time yeah. to beat beat that last one. Yeah, the Valkyries are not geez. easy. Yeah. I got to a point where I thought three quarters health is gone for them. Yeah. And I think, yes, I'm about to do, oh my God, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> like the moment I think I might be able to do it and I, it's like, I have to stay focused on what I'm doing, not get caught up in, I'm going to yeah. do it, you know, or, or getting, like you said, getting super anxious and then just. I don't know, making mistakes. Well, it's funny because in Dark Souls, um, bosses are usually two phases. So you'll knock one full health bar health bar down. Okay, yeah. And yeah. then they'll, something Regenerate will change. or something. Yeah, they'll either change into something different or 
something about where you're fighting will change and they'll gain new move sets and you have to relearn that second phase but stupid the latest <laughs> dlcs that they added i finally just beat those you know you're going into a boss fight you get through the second phase and you're like man that took me forever to figure this out good and then they get back up for a third <laughs> phase and it's like they murder you no yeah i don't know i love those kinds of games like i think most people would hate them because they're super frustrating and it takes a lot of you got to pay attention, you know, but yeah. I, I like that stuff. Yeah, as long as I guess, have, have you, uh, do you do any research like watching other people play? Oh, all the time. <laughs> Man, that's cheating. But I, I've, I've used that to get, you know, I forgot what game that I used that on. Just trying to find some things that I was supposed yeah. to find. Like, okay, I'm wasting so much time. I cannot find it. Where the hell is this thing? Yeah. Because you know, it, it, I need this one little bitty thing to open up this whole other section of content. So yeah. I got super frustrated. I need to know now. Man, I'm I'm really big into watching Twitch and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Some people find that really weird, but there are people that do things called speed runs. Yeah, right. And they, they run through the game as quick as possible. Right. And they try to find ways to glitch out the game or exploit stuff. But there are Dark Souls speedrunners that literally get through the... Bloodborne, people beat that in like 35 minutes. That is so dumb. <laughs> And it's it's funny because, I mean, they do stuff to glitch out the game, but then there's other people. There's uh, this guy on Twitch called The Happy Hob, and he's just incredible at those games and, like, literally beats... He'll go through the entire series in one run and beat the game without leveling up or getting hit one time. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> that and insane. I'm, like, getting my ass kicked by one boss for, like, hours, and he yeah. runs through the entire game and doesn't get hit once. Man, how, how but many it takes him hours like, have... It'll take him like eight hours to beat all three Dark Souls games. Jeez. Yeah. That's intense, man. That's some serious training. Yeah. But it's weird. I Man, I'm super into games, and I just I watch that stuff as like background noise in my off time. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can see it being entertaining, though. I legitimately too. like watching it just because the people are so skilled at it. Yeah. I'm just like, man, that's crazy. How do they do that? But... Or you I don't pick know, up on a couple of moves, even if you don't do the the same thing, you know, maybe just one spot. Okay, I'm just going to do that in that right. one spot and get through it. Yeah, you know? so I'm just, I'm really big into watching Twitch streamers that play games that I either used to play or ones that I like playing now. And just, I don't know, I find it super entertaining. To me, it's just like watching. Cool. I, I enjoy watching that stuff more than I do TV shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess because there's, there's uh, you're trying to understand what's going on too. Mm -hmm. um, problem solving and... Right. Because... Those, I guess those games, I'm thinking of God of War, that was, there was several, there's a couple of spots that I can't remember what I did the first time around, and right now, I haven't played it in a while, but I, the last time I did play, I was stuck. Like, I couldn't gotcha. get past a certain part, and I could not remember to save my life what I did, yeah. or what other little section that I visited to unlock this next, you know, piece or whatever, so mm -hmm. I kind of gave up on that again, um, which, you know, I beat it the first time, but. I just, I think it was four times that I opened it up, okay. you know, within a week. Yeah. And then I, I, I realized, damn it, I still have to find that <laughs> or do something in order for, yeah. to get past the section. And I couldn't figure it out. So it just kind of, kind of discouraging. Cause once again, if I don't have a lot of time to play, yeah. I don't want to waste it just searching around for stuff. I, I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I find that I have a ton of downtime lately and yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining about that, oh, right. but I usually spend that time like I said, playing guitar on weekends, or if it's a weekday, then I just go home and play games after work. Yeah. Hey, you're still working your fingers. Yeah, true. With the controller, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, I guess. <laughs> What's your pet situation like now? I don't currently have any pets. Nothing, huh? Nothing. Oh, wow. 
no spiders or anything. Oh, I do have spiders. Or you still have those? I do, and it's funny that like I just I don't ever really consider them as pets. Right, right. I, I mean, it's that. not <laughs> even like reptiles, you know, like yeah. having lizards and snakes and stuff. It's different. So uh, how many do you have now? Two. Two. Yeah. What kind? One of them I've had for like seven years. She's a P. Metallica, very very bright blue colored. And then the other one I got two years ago. It's funny. I've had spiders for like seven years. I've had tons of them. And this is like the first male. Oh, okay. I've always, and every time I've gotten one, I've always got them as spiderlings and, you know, mm-hmm. um, watched them grow. Um, and this is the first male I've ever gotten, but it's, man, I can't remember the species name. It's so long. <laughs> Pamphobetus species Ecuador 2. What the hell is that? Sounds like a planet. I know, right? <laughs> Earth 2. I don't know. I guess it's from Ecuador. I was about to say. I don't know where it's from. Uh, but it's like a, it's one of the bird-eating species. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, And I got it at a pet shop, and it was like a rare kind. It was expensive. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get it. I didn't know what it was. And then I researched it when I got home, and I was like, oh, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but it's a male, luckily, so it's not going to get gigantic. But he's like this very bright purple color. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw a picture of that one because I think that was one that I was considering at one point. But I might be thinking of the blue. It's like a blue and orange or something. There's one called the Green Bottle Blue. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And we, I, I'm pretty sure Chantel and I saw that somewhere. Yeah. We considered at one point maybe. I think her friend it was a, it has was a, a little baby. Her friend has a reptile shop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, he moved away. So okay. I think he was, gave up his shares in that. But Gotcha. Yeah, we've found a lot of stuff through him and that shop, the Reptarium. Mm-hmm. In, uh, Dallas, it's a cool place. Yeah, they've expanded too, which we I think I've only been there once since they since they've expanded, but they still weren't finished with everything. So gotcha. Probably a lot cooler now. Okay, let's do my one second answer to a one second question. So it's kind of a this or that. Would you rather? A would you rather? So uh, my usual example is I will ask dog or cat. Cat. And you just answer as quick quick as you can. Whatever comes to your head first. I promise I won't embarrass you. Okay, so, cat. All right, coffee or energy drink? Coffee. Long hair or short hair? Long hair. Down pick or alternate pick? Alternate. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Back to the Future or Terminator? Terminator. Mac or PC? Oh, that, man, there's <laughs> two d- used for two different things. Right. I knew I'd get you on that one. Oh, Mac. Texas or Utah? Texas. <laughs> That's not no question. <laughs> I think I might have made these a little hard for you versus other people. Uh Jeff Loomis or Jason Richardson? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that one's tough. I'd say Loomis. I don't know. I think I would have gone. Loomis I don't too. I don't know where like a lot of my phrasing would be if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because I there's a lot of instances that I'm like, what would Loomis do here? Right. Yeah, I think that would be my choice. Football or baseball? Neither. <laughs> I'll accept, I'll accept that I'm answer. I'm not a sports person. I'll accept I that. I love racing, but I'm not. I think hockey would have been the one I would have I chosen. almost put football or hockey. Like hockey I like, but I'm I'm just not into sports. Yeah. Okay. Legato or pick every note? Pick every note. I knew it. <laughs> Broccoli or spinach? Broccoli. Beer or liquor? Liquor. Heads or tails? Tails. Heads. Oh, fails. <laughs> Steak or chicken? Steak. Mangini or Portnoy? Portnoy. Either or either? Either. Christmas or Halloween? Christmas. 
that is it. <laughs> Sick. I try to come up with like, I don't know, 15 different things to yeah. throw out there just for fun. Man, that's tough. I love Halloween as well. But I like Christmas because I just like, I don't get, currently I don't get to see my family that often. Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason I would choose Christmas. Um, The only other thing that I was going to bring up just to see where your head was on that without bringing up any sort of religion or anything like that. Do you believe in any form of reincarnation or do you have any thoughts about what might happen when um, you die? So I, I can't say I'm religious at all, but I believe in like, I guess more spiritual type stuff. Like I mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I'm super fascinated by ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that. It is fascinating. Though. Yeah. I mean, none of it's ever really been proven on camera apparently it's very hard to capture that stuff on camera no man that one guy that buff guy buff guy yeah the buff dude that has that show uh whatever the hell it's called talking about zach bagan one that wears like affliction shirts yeah yeah Yeah. that's him (laughs) i i always make fun of him with with chantel because of that uh that translator thing that they have oh yeah you know he does it like three times oh my god you hear that yeah and that stuff is (laughs) so so staged yeah. Like I'm sure there's got to be stuff. It has that, to be. <laughs> there's got to be stuff that happens every now and then, but it's like you you have to imagine that 95% of the places that they go into nothing happens. Yeah. And they have to make things You up. have to have content. Yes. Right. It can't be a complete waste of time. Can't waste time and money sending people out there. So yeah. it, I I'd say like 95% of that stuff does not happen. <laughs> um but to answer your question, even though I'm not religious, I'd like to think that there's like a spiritual side of things, I guess, mm-hmm. because people are like energy, right? Like your consciousness, if that could transfer, somehow. yeah, like kind of like your your body is almost uh, just a vessel in a way. Yeah, you're. Yeah. We were just talking about that last night. Yeah, the mm. open casket type thing. Yeah, right. you know when you go see that, it's weird because you realize, wow, that yeah, that I'm looking at this body, but that person it's that I knew vessel. is not there. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. That's my more recent. I guess really as of this year, just mm-hmm. just kind of thinking in terms of, which is, it sounds silly, but like your consciousness, your essence would be like a little tiny ball of energy. Right. You know, like a baseball size is what I'm picturing in my head for whatever reason. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think of, you know, when, when you die that, it's, it's almost like a, maybe like a gravitational kind of thing where it's, it's like grounded in your body. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you die, that grounding is released. It's like a right, almost like a like a magnet or something. It's holding and that inside, yeah, inside yeah. your body. And yeah. then now that the energy is gone, or that that source of whatever that is holding it in place has been dislodged or disabled, and now it can float back up into wherever it's right, you know, supposed to be. And I I picture like a giant lottery ball full of all these little things in there yeah. so the next the next life that comes into the world you get sent back into that yeah one. it just picks out of that giant lottery ball full of souls or essences yeah and, and then that's uh how it works like if you've could have been been here several times or maybe that's why deja vu happens yeah you know and some people say they experience almost like seeing past life type past yeah. life type memories things. yeah memories right. that don't make any sense because right. you didn't live that but they're, or, but they're very vivid and that, that could be dreams too you know yeah why, why you think or have these certain weird things that don't make any sense that could be like right. a past life or then you're going to get into super crazy stuff that could be different frequencies coming into your brain that right <laughs> you don't even know where the hell it's from yeah it is some super interesting stuff i like talking about that stuff even though i don't i have no idea what i'm yeah, talking about i mean about. i like to believe that 
that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very into that kind of stuff. And I'm also extremely into like how the universe works, mm-hmm. space in general. Yeah. And crazy stuff like black holes and other dimensions. And yeah. I love that sure, kind of stuff. You've seen Interstellar, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that, that concept of just like it being a timeline, you know, like, right. like you could visit any place in time or, you know, any place just by accessing that some sort of wormhole or something like that is really interesting. I am. Um, I like the theory that our universe is actually inside of a black hole that's and that's cool. why it's constantly expanding. You know, it's mm-hmm. absorbing more stuff and right. Yeah, made, um, yeah. That would make sense. And the other black holes are literally just gateways to other universes. Yeah. And if we have alternate universes or, mm-hmm. you know, different dimensions or different simulations. Yeah. <laughs> if you dabbled in that, Oh, uh, like simulation the simulation theory, theory stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Just to think that we're all in a game or something. But I mean... Because that, that, that's almost like where your thoughts might come from. You know, who's who's telling me all this stuff? Right. <laughs> and it's it's not that hard to believe anymore because once we get to the point that we can simulate a human... Yeah. And it's it's very, very accurate, then what's to say that that's not what we're in? Yeah. With our, all the, uh, the AI that's going to take over. And... Right consume our bodies man there is a uh, a podcast that i watched on youtube recently i can't remember the guy's name but he was interviewing someone that's just like an expert on ai mm-hmm. and 5g and stuff like that and they were just talking about where that's going to go in the next five ten years yeah and it's like the guy was like man the world as you know it is going to completely change within the next 10 years because mm-hmm. of 5g and stuff like that yeah and ai just it's not going to be the same. Yeah. And it's kind of be going to be the end of human beings as we know it, where they're just purely humans. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, you know, like, like Elon Musk is doing, um, Neuralink. Have yeah. you heard of that? Right. Yeah. I saw so his, it's like his presentation on that or whatever it was. That was nuts. Right. It's like having Google in your brain. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be reality within the next 10 years. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. It, that's, that's a whole complete next step in evolution. Right. You know? I forgot who I talked to who I talked with about that recently, but as far as maybe extending your life indefinitely mm-hmm. where you could, yeah. you know, take, take your internal hard drive and put it into a actual hard drive right. somewhere, you know, if your body is dying and there's a way to plug in somewhere and download all your well, info, a, you know? Yeah. There's a couple of movies out there. I can't really think of any of the names off the top of my head, but they're about transferring consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, being able to download that from your head and yeah. store it and put it in another body. And that you're might good be to like go. a black mirror thing too. Have you seen any of those? Yeah. But there was another one that had to do with robots. Okay. And it was a Netflix movie. And oh it, yeah. Yeah. And the, the robot's name was Chappie. Maybe that's, that name of the, maybe that's the name of the movie Chappie. I don't remember, but that sounds familiar. I think that might be it, but I don't, I don't know if I saw that one. Gotcha. I'm so, I can't remember shit. Yeah. I'm terrible. There's so much stuff on Netflix and other streaming services. It's like yeah. hard to keep track of stuff. But yeah, those, those are really interesting too. I mean, that's, that's crazy mm-hmm. to think of because I, I brought up the possibility of someone dying or like trying to kill themselves or something, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe a, I don't know, a bad person or something and they're trying to trying to get out of here Mm -hmm. and then you keep them from doing that and then take everything out of their (laughs) take their brain (laughs) actually download their info or yeah make them suffer for eternity kind of a situation where you can make them live forever somehow is what i mean oh that would be interesting yeah um kind of fucked up yeah really fucked up (laughs) but there's a uh, a netflix series that i watched recently 
I highly recommend it. It's called Altered Carbon. I started that, but I, I don't know why I didn't keep so, watching it. I think I got like two episodes in. Man, I, it took me, like, I think I watched the first episode like three times over the course of like a year or two. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just can't get into this. And finally, I just pushed through it. And then I binged watched it in okay. like two days. Maybe that's what I need to do is get, get past the little hump or something. Um, but they have these discs in the back of their neck. And that's like where their consciousness is. And the oh, bodies okay. are just shells. But like, depending on like your social status almost depends on what shell you get next. Okay. And sometimes they're called sleeves. Oh. And I forgot, man, yeah, they're called sleeves. And at one point it's crazy because somebody got trans sleeved. <laughs> it's like a woman. <laughs> oh, that's weird. A woman got put into a man's body. <laughs> okay. And like she hadn't seen her husband for years for like three episodes or so. Like this dude gets his wife back, but it's a man man's body. But it's her consciousness in it. And then finally, you know, things, things change. But um, the whole concept of that's really weird. Mm-hmm. Because you're just kind of, unless you have money, you don't get a good sleeve. Okay. And yeah, you're just yeah. kind of thrown into whatever's there. Sure. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So that's That goes with the lottery ball thing that I was right. <laughs> thinking of, too. Yeah, but they make it's it like similar. a real life thing that's controllable. Yeah. And they can keep criminals locked up. Because, um, and I can't remember what. The things in their neck are called pods or something like that, but they keep those stored away. Would that be like as the criminal or do you mean like, like, so like, let's say they destroy the sleeve of the criminal. Uh They take the thing in their neck and just keep it stored. Yeah. So they're not lock it away. Like their consciousness is there and they Mm -hmm. can be reanimated at any point, but that's up to whoever controls what's going on there. It's almost like a demolition man. Yeah. How they froze everybody. They did the cryo prism. Yes. I could totally see that. Uh, I don't know about the cryo prison thing, but the disc thing. You know, if you did, if we're all going to end up, you know, bionic, whatever. Yeah. You know, where we have downloadable content or yeah. removable content, or you could tune up somebody. You know, yeah. maybe if somebody was screwed up somehow, you might be able to go in there and tweak some software or something to to make something different, which is also kind of scary because that could take away from personality, and then then you are a robot. At yeah, there's um there's a game coming out. It's called Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. and it deals with that like your whole body you can change at any point. You can modify it in any way, like limbs and limbs. You can modify your face. You can change your voice. You can do whatever, and you can wow. add like abilities to your body. But it's like I guess that that's kind of what you're talking about. You can just change mm-hmm. your body to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, upgrade. Right, <laughs> and now um I man I'm totally blanking on what it's even called. There was a whole Netflix series on it. Like a fantasy or a... No, this is like a real... This is like real life stuff. It, but it was like a Netflix series and it was like a documentary. Hmm. Biohacking. I, I saw the, you know, whatever thumbnail for it. I never saw it actually. Yeah, so um, biohacking is becoming a thing. And there's this thing called CRISPR. Oh, and, right, right. And um, right. it's able to like change your genomes, mm-hmm. like your genetic code. And they're studying how to use it in like a very positive way now where they can cure genetic diseases. Before they... Even in like embryos. Right. Which is like there's an ethical thing there that people are kind of fighting. Um, But you can also do other things with CRISPR like you can choose your baby's eye color. Right. That's what that is. Yeah, that's right. And they just inject this stuff into the embryo and it's like, okay, well, your baby's got blue eyes now. Yeah. Or here's their hair color. What other people are trying to do is, like, you can inject yourself with stuff. It's like, oh, you want super strength. Mm. Here you go. 
you want vision like a hawk. There you go. Jeez. I mean, that's a ways, ways off, but, um, you know, that's like, that's a possibility. Kind of like the Matrix. Right. Plugging into the back of your head and, you know, programming all these. The, uh, yeah, this is things. just changing your genetic code. But before that. <laughs> yeah, they were doing crazy stuff where they're, they were experimenting on rats. Mm-hmm. And they took the stuff from, I think it was fireflies that make them glow. Oh, yeah. And put it into yeah, yeah. rats and they actually glowed in the dark. Right. And they were going to start testing it on dogs is what they were going to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just wanted to see if they could actually do that and modify yeah. stuff. Wasn't that an individual that started that, I think? Yeah, I, I, I want to say his name is Josiah or something like so. that. Um, but he started it, and but the whole series on Netflix um, kind of covers that, but also the ethical side of things. But there's like a, two guys that work together, and one of them is doing that on dogs. Okay. That is crazy stuff. Yeah. I don't know about it. That's probably where we're going to get the zombies from. Yeah. I'm thinking about how that's going to happen. It's going to be some super virus or some sort of tampering somewhere. Right. And we are seriously going to make some sort of creature out of ourselves. Maybe right. not a zombie, but I mean, I I don't know. I think there's potential for it. Not that I want it to happen or anything, but... I'm not sure what side to side with because I think there's a lot of crazy ethical questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to all the crazy technology that's coming around and the biohacking and things like that. But then there's something inside of me that's like, that's really cool. It is cool. And I can't wait to see where it goes. But yeah. I can see it. There there can be some messed up stuff yeah. coming from it. Right. You know, somebody's going to use it in some crazy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like your standard AI, you know, mm-hmm. using it for all the, you know, tasks that we don't need to be doing or we don't have to do anymore. The AI can handle all that. But we're, we're ultimately giving more and more responsibility mm-hmm. and more and more, uh, I guess, room to... Um, to give control to something that we don't even know can handle the control or know how to control. Just like, it's like a paperclip something. I think it's been distorted several times since I've, I've heard it Mm -hmm. um, or since who originally said it. But one of the more recent ones that I heard was given the example of a paperclip making machine or whatever, AI, Mm -hmm. you want to maximize your paperclip Mm -hmm. making so the AI has to figure out what is the best solution. How can we make the most paper clips? Yeah. And the best and most efficient way is to get rid of humans because humans destroy the earth and you need yeah. the earth to make this and we need this to make the paper clips and or, or or using all the energy from humans, all using all the matter around to yeah. create some sort of, you know, something. Yeah. And you don't take into consideration that you're about to exterminate the entire population it just like one little bitty glitch like that could destroy you know if not all civilization a chunk of civilization you know that's it's it's super it's very morbid it's very negative to think that way but i mean it's it's not far-fetched to to think that there could be a disaster that like that right where just the same as a self-driving car Mm -hmm. down the road it comes into a position where it can either hit one old person or three kids. Right. Uh, what, what is it going to choose? Yeah, I've seen people talk about that. And the AI has to determine what's the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, the thing I watched that podcast, there, he was talking about like different levels of AI. Yeah. Was that Max Tegmark, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. It was something that I watched probably about a month ago like it came out not too long ago Mm -hmm. but he was talking about like the ai we have now is just like typically like good at 
doing one thing. Yeah. And then he said the next level was called GAI, mm-hmm. which is general. like general. Mm-hmm. And that was like AI that's pretty good at like most things humans can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they can do it better than humans. It's much more efficient. And then I can't, what, well, there was one where the guy said that. Or you also have super There's AI. SAI. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And he's superior. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying, you know, an example of that is like having people walking around in the ro- in a room and then like a fly landing on the table, except that the humans are the fly. The AI is everything else going on around that. Right. So like the fly has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just doing what a fly does. Yeah. And then the AI is like the everything around it being like, oh, we need to kill that fly. Yeah. And it's just like these all powerful beings. Mm-hmm. That's creepy, man. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, book that I'm reading, I haven't read it much recently, but it's uh, super intelligence. Yeah. He, he talked about all the levels of what it would take and what we can possibly expect, what the potentials are, what the positives and negatives. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Yeah. It's not blocking out the guy's name, but it was super interesting. Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown. Hmm. Yeah. And they spent, it's about hour and 40 minutes long, but it's super interesting because they talk about the benefits of 5G, which mm-hmm. I had no idea how that was, that's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just like, oh, it's going to be faster phones. Right. But like it allows you to do download speeds and upload speeds of like the same as fiber optic internet Ridiculous. in your house. Yeah. So what they were saying is that it opens up possibilities for crazy stuff like say somebody needs some kind of crazy surgery on the east coast of the country, but the doctor... Sorry, the doctors on the West Coast, they could do robotic surgery across the country, and it's fine because there's no latency because right. 5G is so fast. God, that's nuts. And man. he was saying, you know, the reason why autonomous cars are limited right now is because they have to send and receive data. Right. But with 5G, it's going to be instant. So once 5G is implemented, then autonomous cars are just going to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the more you get on the road, the more they can probably communicate, and it'll, well, be, it'll be more efficient. They for... send they send data, and they're they're learning. The cars are learning while they're doing things. Mm-hmm. So the longer those cars are on the road, the smarter they're going to be. Yeah, and that's that's what's kind of scary about the uh, I, I guess AI getting loose at some point where you know it takes it took us forever to evolve to what we are mm-hmm. now, and the fact that what how has ai changed in the past 40 years i mean once you, once you get to a certain point where the ai could basically fix and repair itself and and troubleshoot mm-hmm. its own issues and it's almost like self-sustaining then what's what's to say that it's not going to seek more improvement not just right. look for errors but seek more efficiencies right constantly seeking to be the best and better and better and better yeah and what what's going to contain it what's going to make it stop doing that is it going to be a person that that says hey dude don't you, you don't need to do all that yeah you're fine the way you are and right. the computer is i don't know what you mean yeah i need to be the best and most efficient that's what my task is that's what i'm here to do and right when is it gain consciousness at some point <laughs> or will yeah, it gain consciousness that's computer. Yeah. yeah that's what's really scary too i mean what what uh, i don't know there's there's all sorts of possibilities and they all kind of scare the shit out of me man they were talking also about like uh which ai services to use and which not to use okay because they were talking about some companies have done shady really bad things with data people's data mm-hmm. and some are generally safe so the bad ones are google and facebook mm-hmm 
they have sold people's data right. to do crazy stuff. So Facebook has their own AI stuff. Google has their Google Home thing. And he was like, do not use that because you don't know where your data is going. You don't know what's up. Um, apparently, Amazon is the leading company in the entire world for AI right now. Mm-hmm. And so he said their stuff, like the Amazon Alexa stuff is totally fine. So he's like, use that. Really? Um, but he was saying, you know, within the next 10 years, Amazon's going to get to the point where it'll start ordering things for you before you even order it yourself. Oh, cut but it's the like, cord. Th- but it's like things that you would need. Yeah. You know, it's because it hears you talking about stuff and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it shows up at your door and you're like, oh, I was going to order that. But, Am- but yeah. Amazon did it for you. Hey, already. that already happened yeah. with that package. Oh, right. <laughs> I got <laughs> like, that's right, on yeah. accident the other day. Right. <laughs> Something that I was totally going to order. Yeah. Uh, it's begun already. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but next 10 years, that's going to... It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Or better. Probably a bit of both. But yeah, it might get better then worse. Yeah. And the potential is all over the place, and it is really scary. And it's it's crazy that so many people have no clue, or or, or, or even think that it might be silly. Like, yeah. oh, no, that's not going to happen. Or, well, that's going to you know, happen. What do you think there's going to be, like Terminator robots, you know? Like, well, not necessarily, but there could be something close to that as far as destruction goes it doesn't yeah. have to be a physical thing with a machine gun but yeah, right. you know it could take over everything i mean all everything that we do is online or on the computer mm-hmm. now or your phone or tablet or whatever so you know if something else is in control of that what are you what are you going to do i mean 10 years ago we were barely just getting smartphones yeah you know so at 10 years from now there's probably going to be some crazy stuff you see in sci-fi movies. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, that'll never happen. Yeah. But it really will. Yeah, it'll be implanted in your arm. You're not going to have a phone. You're just going to have it in your hand or your yeah. arm or something. It's going to be a part of you somehow. Maybe not a chip, but that's what I was thinking about with the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching how that works. That's, I mean, it's essentially a little phone, but it's it tells you your heart rate and all that kind of stuff yeah. too. So it's, it, it's getting closer and closer to your body mm-hmm. to maybe... <laughs> <laughs> to where it's going to be inside of you at some point. Right. And connected to your brain somehow, or I don't know. It's all very weird. Yeah. Can't imagine thinking about this 60 years ago or 80 years ago. Oh, no. And some people have. There are like old, old books that that people have written predicting some things mm-hmm. that either haven't happened or did happen at some point as far as uh, AI goes or just... Um, contemplating the possibilities of of you know negative repercussions on you know with a computer or something just just having a computer being built they already can predict that this might happen you know and that and that's 80 years from then or something you know i wonder if things keep advancing that way because of people like that <laughs> yeah like seeing all the movies you know and you and you think oh wow that movie was right or we made that movie and we totally Gave slowly somebody an idea yeah and then they created it. Right. So like what what if nobody had ever even thought of a computer? Yeah. And if this if this is like a simulation theory, we're just doing it over and over again. Right. We just keep getting to the same spot. We're getting we're, we we all evolve into this uh, you know, robotic form of ourselves and it's all automated artificial intelligence and then we end up destroying ourselves somehow and it just starts all over again. It's just like a neg- a, a, a cycle that just goes Man, over and over there's again. There's a uh it's a theory, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but it goes through, like, the different levels that a civilization would have to go through and, like, mm-hmm. where that peaks. 
like what oh, okay. kills off right a species or a civilization or whatever and like the first one is just that they don't make it past that single cell level right they don't there's no evolution or mutation to get past that mm-hmm. you know there's like natural disasters and stuff but it gets up to a point where like maybe there's nothing out in the universe because it hits a wall mm-hmm. everything has hit a certain wall and one of them is that it a civilization just becomes so advanced that their ai takes over mm-hmm. but um the next level would be that that obviously that doesn't happen but that's one of the like main walls is that yeah ai takes over and just kills off the civilization yeah or they the ai ends up destroying the planet yeah and all you know everything killing itself with that yeah because when the world is gone what do you have yeah uh, well you know, i guess you could put electrical signal out into the out into space and something will find it. I mean, we do that enough. That There's like constant radio waves and yeah. stuff. We're pretty much like a loudspeaker in space. Right. That's nuts. I wonder if you can see, if there's a way to see all the frequencies and stuff. Because, I mean, there's, there's Wi-Fi. There's Bluetooth. Yeah. All of these frequencies and waves are all around us all the time and can't see anything. I mm-hmm. mean, what does it affect? What does it actually do? You know, like putting earbuds in and having Bluetooth crammed into your right into your brain all day long every day yeah i mean is is there some sort of effect or would there be that's why a lot of people were scared of the whole 5g thing initially is mm-hmm. because they were afraid that um because you know 5g that's a frequency mm-hmm. the five gigahertz frequency and they were afraid that that being cranked out everywhere was going to start like giving people cancer and right. start you know affecting people's bodies in negative ways but I mean, the more I've read about it, the more it's just like a scare tactic type thing. But I mean, people do worry about that a lot. Yeah. You know, constantly having cell phones in your pocket. and I've ha- I totally have had that phantom vibration. Oh, before. I do too. Yeah, every now and then. A, a certain po- spot on my leg where I had like cargo pants I would wear to work and I would keep my phone in my side pocket on my, yeah. on my leg. I would feel a little vibration. Feels or like a text message. Yeah. yeah. And my phone's not in my pocket. You know, sometimes not... I hear the the Apple text tone go off and I go in the other room and nothing happened on my phone. Yeah. And I, it's just because you're so accustomed to it now that it's like it's disgusting. part of your body is part of your life, you know? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I don't even remember who it was, what it was about, but they talked about the simplicity of trying to, I guess it was trying to f- compare like learning in school and, and what, how did like ask, that's what it was. It was asking a, a, a teacher, you know, how did you do this? How did you do this when you were a student? You know, mm-hmm. how did you learn about this? And you know, whatever. And she basically said, well, I talked to peers about it and we didn't have, we actually talked and had conversations. We didn't just text about stuff or you know, talking class or whatever. We, I was on a phone. There was nothing to distract me. I didn't, I wasn't going somewhere, driving somewhere. I was concentrated on a conversation because my phone was connected to the wall. Right. And I'm stuck here. I'm mm-hmm. just stuck here talking and engaging, fully engaging into a conversation with somebody yeah. and really absorbing all the information, which is another great thing about podcasting too, which is, you know, having that connection and right. conversing with one another. It's, it's not what people do anymore yeah. so that's why it's a spectacle you know to wow these people are talking together <laughs> they're in the same room whoa, whoa. you know and it, it's it, it's kind of sad but i'm really that's another reason why i really enjoy doing this because i do miss those days of simplicity and and really engaging and talking to people and mm-hmm. knowing knowing people more and you know where they come from what kind of thoughts they have and well i think another big part of that is 
people being bad at conversation now mm-hmm. because they don't have to communicate in that way. Right. They'd rather just do it through their phone. Right. Or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm not the greatest at it. You know, I, I, I have a weird problem of like thinking of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily because of like the way technology has gotten, but it's just uh, people nowadays just can't talk to each other. Yeah. And you don't get phone calls very much anymore. No, you it's... Know? That like is, I do for work all the time, but yeah. that's, a, that's a completely different thing. But as far as like a friend reaching out or something, it's usually a scheduled thing. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, hey, I'm going to call you later, or can I call you? Or, you know, it's not just a cold call anymore. Usually, I only call people if it's something that's like urgent. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to figure something out like right now. Yeah. Otherwise, I text. Mm-hmm. And I don't get upset necessarily if I get a phone call, but... No. A lot of times it does come through when I'm doing something. Right. And I think that's what that's what makes me more prone to send a text message to somebody. Right. So like, hey, if you're if you're not busy, can you talk for a minute? Yeah. You know, because I don't want I don't want to put somebody on the spot like that. Well yeah, I always do Even that. Even though always. it's silly to think that way. Right. It's just a phone call. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're just talking with your mouth to somebody, just like you've done your entire life. Hey, you got a sec to talk to me? You yeah. Know? It's so <laughs> can you take weird. a break. But that's just that's where yeah. we are. Um, man, that was a, that was a fun little thing that we just talked about all that shit. Yeah. That was the last thing that I had on here was, uh, you know, consciousness and gotcha. all that kind of stuff. So that was, nice. that was fun. Man, that was a quick two hours. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. It d- did not feel like two hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Well, man, I'm out of shit to talk about for, right. for now. That was fun. Cause that was kind of last minute. So I could have, I probably could have come up with some more stuff, but that was a lot is, of fun. It's good. Awesome. So um, I don't know when this is going to be released, but today is New Year's Eve and we're going to go party now. Jello shots. Jello shots in your face. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next year. Bye bye. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.